You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. of what comes next, Cinema Geekly's NXT Companion Podcast. It's Anthony and Jacqueline back talking more NXT on the WWE Network. Uh, Jacqueline, a, a big show this week for NXT, yeah. NXT regular, but a, a, a less big show for NXT UK, so I'm going to quickly run through what happened, because oh. again... Okay, I didn't see any of it. Not much again. happened. Uh, well, they're still, they're still at WrestleMania Access. So the crowd is small and uh, largely disinterested, but sometimes interested, depending on who's in there. Um, this show featured Cassius Ono defeating uh, Ligero, uh, and also Cassius Ono trying to rip his mask off, which is a big no-no for anybody who wears a mask in wrestling. You don't do that. No, only jerks do that. That's a bad guy move. Uh Tony Storm came out, cut a promo about how awesome it is to still be NXT UK Women's Champion and looking forward to any challenges that might be coming her way, uh, which led to uh, Kaylee Ray uh, having a match with Zia Lee from NXT. And uh, Kay- yeah, Kaylee Ray won that. Uh, so not a not a great start for Zia Lee, but uh, Kaylee Ray won but that a one. Start nonetheless. Yeah, it is a beginning. Uh, the main event was actually very good. Mustache Mountain defeated Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster. Uh, oh, I like them. Yeah, this was a really good match that, uh, quite frankly, this crowd probably did not deserve. Like, they tried really hard to get this crowd into it, and they were kind of into it. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, they Ruining didn't. it for everyone. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I'm flipping tables over here. Guys, could could have been a... A much better match had you been more interested, but but no. Um, Ruin it for everyone. A shame. Uh, I guess that means we can talk about NXT proper, episode 503, which uh, took place at Full Sail University, where the crowd is, in fact, into things. Oh my god, so much so. Uh, well, things started off awkward for you, Jacqueline, I'm sure, as Umberto Carrillo faced off with Jackson Riker. Yeah. Uh, from the Forgotten Sons. Uh, can we all just take a moment to recognize Umberto Carrillo's entrance music? Is this the first time he's come out to it on NXT TV? Because I think so. I'm not Usually sure. Usually he's just in the ring when it starts. I know Carrillo and Mendoza came out to a, a theme song once uh, for a tag match, but I don't remember if it was this song. Yeah, so I this... think he has like his own thing now, and I'm proud of him. Yes. Feel like he's like the little baby bird who's like growing. Yeah, he's got his own theme song, just like every baby bird. It's their first I, step before I, leaving the nest. I know. Uh, Ugh, he's taking leaps. Here are my notes for this because I. I like that you took notes. <laughs> I was not. I take notes for everything in related okay. in relation to this <laughs> this wrestling show. Uh, it helps to it helps to remember some stuff. But gotcha. Uh, 
I was I was less interested in this match because as soon as I saw Jackson Riker coming out here, I'm like, okay, well, I know what this match is going to be. Uh, yeah. And, and look, to be positive, uh, I will say that I think Jackson Riker is good at what they want him to be doing, but it's just disinteresting to me. Like, I am yeah. not interested in the big, scary guy who beats up guys. Uh, I agree. And I, I'm tired of Carrillo being the guy that people beat up on. Yeah. He needs his, he's good. Give him a win. He's really good. Uh, so I wasn't paying attention to that so much as that. I noticed the crowd was chanting some things that I thought were really weird, given the context of this match. What were they saying? I don't remember. So at the beginning of this match, the crowd started chanting deja vu. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Like, is this there's a like there's a there's a wrestling move called the deja vu. And I'm sure Umberto Carrillo could pull it off, but I don't think that's exactly what they were chanting for, especially since the match had just started. So I right. took note. I took note of that because, like, that's a weird, random thing to chant. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I watched the match, and then everything seemed to be going along okay. Uh, they had their contest, and Carrillo tried to make some comebacks, but it was, uh, of course, uh, for not for not. Uh, Jackson Riker explodes with anger and punishes poor Umberto Carrillo, gives him the Widowmaker, his finishing move. Uh, but Carrillo rolls to the outside. Uh, so Riker didn't get a chance to, Riker did not get a chance to pin him. Carrillo outsmarted him, or so he thought. He went out to continue the beating on the outside. He threw Carrillo into the guardrail, slammed him into the ring apron, all that stuff. He was tossing him here, there, and everywhere. Um, and then the referee called for the bell. Uh, this right. was a double count out. Which, so I'm okay with, because mm. no one really won or lost. No, not really. Uh, and this this opened the door for Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch to kind of come in from the crowd? To sort of yep. save Umberto Carrillo? With chairs. With chairs. And then the crowd started chanting one more time. Yes, and I was also I, confu- I was also confused because Birch and Lorcan really didn't hit them right. So what are they chanting one more time for? I was so like at this point my detective skills kicked in because I'm like this doesn't make any oh. sense. Why would they cheer two random things in this match that make no sense? There must be so some you, context to this. I so went, you took to the internet. I took to the internet <laughs> and and read the. Uh, went back and dug up the spoiler reports for this set of tapings. They did uh, this match twice. They did this match twice. What? <laughs> I don't know what happened in the first go around. Uh, the report didn't seem to indicate that there was anything wrong with the first match. But I hmm. guess they did. must have did something or done something in a way that... They didn't like, or maybe they didn't catch something, so they're like, just send them out there again, but the... I wonder what they did the first time. It's, I mean, when I read it, it sounds like they just did what they did here. Okay. Maybe the camera didn't catch stuff, it wasn't in place, so they missed something, and they're just like, let's reshoot it, but the crowd did not play along. The crowd was like, this is the second time they've come out, it's like, deja vu, let's chant that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then when it was over, we'll chant one more time, as is as if to say, film it one more time. 
so as somebody who does not read the spoilers for NXT TV tapings, that was weird. Uh, yes, watching it, I, not knowing the context. Yes. Actually, now that you say that, I remember them chanting one more time and I was like, but what happened? Did I miss something? Mm-hmm. And then I just forgot about it and moved on. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, but, oh, go ahead. Sorry, really quick. I'm wondering if this is going to set up a three on three with the Forgotten Sons versus Burke, Lork, Birch, Lorkin, and Creo. In which case, I'm here for that. Sure, as long Birch, as the second team wins. Birch, Lorkin, and Creo seem like a weird team, but okay. But they could do really well together. They Let's could. think about that for a second. Uh, then we got the backstage segment of the year. We can close all voting. Uh, we have a winner. Adam Cole is doing a photo shoot, uh, <laughs> being interviewed about the main event later on, when he is interrupted by Matt Riddle. Uh, <laughs> this is so amazing. Uh, so Matt interrupts uh, Cole as Riddle smirks off camera. Uh, Riddle claimed that Cole was jealous of Roderick Strong, of like Roderick Strong getting okay. this match with Johnny Gargano. Uh, Cole was basically like, I've got better things to do. And he storms off. Because he's like, what are you doing here, Riddle? And he's like, I'm just waiting in line for my turn with the photo shoot. Uh, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then you see his weird photo shoot. He oh goes God. in and starts taking his pictures. And he just, he he strikes poses that I can only describe as Matt Riddle poses. <laughs> They're this, like awkward surfer. <laughs> like, uh, but with like the biggest goofy smile you can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> like this was one of those segments where I'm like, literally, if this was anyone other than Matt Riddle and Adam Cole, it would be like so stupid. But they just they, made it fun. <laughs> they make it work. I would imagine you could take those Matt Riddle pictures and green screen him on like a surfboard, and yep. it would just look like he's having a blast. Oh my god, you could put him on anything. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Put him on a volcano. <laughs> Looks like he's having fun yeah. at the top of a volcano. Having uh, skiing or snowboarding. Oh my gosh. Jacqueline's favorite anyway. team name of all time, Born and Bougie, they're out uh, <laughs> for a tag team match against the world's cutest tag team. I called this. Yes, you did. And Can- I didn't read spoilers, just so you all know. Candice LeRae and her partner, Casey Catanzaro. These two are absolutely yeah. adorable. And uh, now I know just how short Candice is because she was not much taller than Casey here. No, uh, she was not. Well, she's not much taller than Johnny. Like, or Johnny's not much taller than her. So no. Uh, yeah. So they had, I would say, a pretty good match. Uh, it was probably the best I've seen of Born and Bougie. Yeah, uh, I mean, Aaliyah did a thing like the first thing she does in the match uh, kind of sticks out to me as like something you wouldn't want to do if you're telling the story of a fight, which she like single legs. Casey to like take her down to the mat like this is like the first thing in the match and Mm -hmm. Aaliyah is going to go do this knee drop and she's going to flow from the knee drop into like this spring kip up thingy back up to her feet to show how athletic she is Uh, Mm -hmm. and it's not like that looks bad Uh, it doesn't but it's weird that uh, she would just kind of take Casey down and then Casey has to lay there this is like the first thing that's done to her. So she's taken no damage to this point. And apparently oh, yeah. just that fall from the single leg was so damaging that she could not get up. That was a little weird. If I'm going to be nitpicky about where you place things, if you're going to do something, if you want to get nitpicky about it, that was a little weird. I do have 
one other thing that I think is less nitpicky about this match. Because otherwise, I think the match is actually good. Um, and Casey does what she normally does in in situations like this. She takes the beating. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I guess because between her and Candice, she is the more sympathetic. Uh, you feel more sorry for Casey taking a beating than you would for Candice, I guess. Uh, I don't. No. I, is that bad? <laughs> I think they'd. I think. I think they'd both be good in that role. But uh, Casey uh, takes mostly takes a beating, and then tags in Candace, and Candace runs wild on uh, Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah, and she pins Vanessa Bourne with the lion salt. Uh, which, by the way, according to the commentary, her finishing move is called Hip Hip Hooray, which is the <laughs> most Candace Lorray name uh, for like a finishing move. Uh, so I like the match. I thought it was a good match. My only criticism is uh-huh. that Okay, so I'm going to this is going this is very convenient because they're dating. But uh Ricochet is a guy who can do all of the moves like in the yes. world. And he's been doing all of the moves in the world for a long time. It's part of the reason why he has his job where he has it now because people you know, he got his name out there. People saw what he could do. Right. And now that he is in WWE and working a much tougher schedule with many more dates, uh, people will probably tell him to take a less is more attitude to not do quite as much because right. you have to preserve your body. Burnout. Yes. yes. Uh, I feel like they've told Casey the same exact thing because she did not do very much in this match at all. And I think, she should be doing the opposite right now. She can do a lot of stuff, and I think she should be doing more because you have to get that recognition. People need to be able to see what she can do and see her do it. you got to do that before you get to the stage where it's like, okay, now less is more. You don't need to do all of these crazy things because you're already at the top or near the top. Uh, yeah. But she really didn't do a lot in this match, and she sort of just felt like the small girl who got beat up really bad. And I know she's capable of doing a lot more. Um, so hopefully well, that starts well, happening. That's, but while that's true, it wasn't her match. It was Candace's. That is 100% true. This was totally so, a thing for Candace. You're right. So I don't... I think she did what she needed to do for this storyline. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, so right once she, and once she starts getting singles matches, mm-hmm. then yes, I agree with you. But I think she's not at that point yet. And it's also possible that Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah might not be equipped to pull off yeah, some not... of the case, some of Casey's moves. I will say good. though, Vanessa Bourne has gotten much better. Like she has improved. Because I've seen her in house shows and stuff, even like before, she, like, and my gosh, she's she's made lots of strides. So um, yeah. I just want to acknowledge that um, mm-hmm. and respect that. Uh, still annoying. Kathy, but. Uh, Kathy Kelly wants to interview Io Shirai about what happened with Shayna Baszler and Kyrie Sane at the end of last week's episode. Uh, but before Shirai could get out more than a couple of words, she was attacked by Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir, who then held her for uh, Shayna to come in and I think she hits her with like a knee. Uh, yeah, something. Hurts EO real bad. So Shayna just being a jerk with her friends, as always. Well, to be fair, EO was 
messed up the match, the last match. So kind of did. I would be mad too. Uh, they showed another video uh, hyping the arrival of Kushida, uh, and then they cut to William Regal's office where Cassius Ono barges in. Like, why? No one likes you. So Cassius Ono's new character that he's doing uh, in NXT UK is kind of a playoff of real life, a little bit, because uh, okay. a lot of people, a lot of people who have trained under him or trained with him or have worked with him, um, call him a wrestling genius. He's got a really good mind for wrestling. So they're kind of playing that into his character a little bit, that he's this American wrestler, but... His character is that he's going to NXT UK to teach the British guys real British wrestling. Because he knows real British wrestling. And the idea here is he wants to have Kushida's first match in NXT. Because who better to represent the uh, Japanese pro wrestling style than Cassius Ono? Yeah. Uh, not Kushida. Oh my god. <laughs> and William Regal just plays completely along with this. And he's like, yes. absolutely, that sounds like a great match. We'll make that for next week. So, like, Ono and Kushida for next week. Like, I get that Ono's, like, the the veteran that, like, you, you want to put over or whatever. And, like, mm-hmm. he's a good guy for letting all the new guys, like, do that. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, I'm just tired of him. <laughs> he's worn like, too thin for you. He, he is. Like, just stick to the training portion. Or coaching. I don't know what you do, but you know what I mean. I think Backstage stuff. I think that is what he's doing, I think, in the UK. I think he's doing way more coaching uh, than he was in regular NXT. That is a guess. I do not know for sure, but uh, mm. that's my that's my feeling. I think that's why he's doing more NXT UK stuff. Uh, okay. Non-title match, Jacqueline. The Street Profits and the War Raiders. Uh, yeah, that's what they called him. But on WWE.com right now, which is what I used to follow along, they yes. call them the Viking Raiders. <laughs> do they? They do. Well, there was nothing they could really do about it on this episode of NXT because it had already been filmed. So the graphics said War Raiders. Uh, war. They said war. Hanson and Rowe. Whatever. Ki- I'm kind of hoping in if, if they're in NXT, they just refer to them as that. Yeah. But we'll see. I don't... I don't want to see Eric and Ivar, the so Viking sh- Raiders. Ugh. Anyway, uh, this match was really good. It was. Uh, the Street Profits. The Street Profits decided this is our chance, but these guys are also real tough. So they are. no playing around. We are going to take it to them right away. And boy, did they ever. War, War Raiders couldn't even do their entrance when Montez Ford not only jumps over the top rope, but over top of the cameraman and lands on War Raiders. Yes. I, like, turned my head away for a second, and I looked back, and I was like, did he come up from behind them somehow? Like, I had no idea what happened. Yes. He leapt from... It seemed like he'd come from nowhere. But yeah. the cameraman's back was to the ring, and Montez just jumped over the top ropes and passed the cameraman. Let's uh, all just take a moment to recognize the real heroes of wrestling, the cameramen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> putting themselves in front of all of, all of those flying bodies with yep. only a who camera to this, protect them. Who make this all look real cool? Yeah, they do. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they surprise them right off the bat. And then the first thing they do is hit 
uh, I think they hit like Hanson or Row. I think they hit Row with their old finishing move, the spine buster yes. and the frog splash, and almost pinned them right there. Uh, Which was, cr- I was like, is this is over that quickly? Yeah. Like, that's insane. The crowd gasped at this. Yes. They were, they bought it. Uh, we but, all did. But that was not the end. Uh, they, uh, eventually the War Raiders were able to recover and it turned more into a back and forth match. Uh, but yes. the uh, Street Profits, they held in uh, for a good long while, but eventually uh, they fell to the. Uh, the secondary finisher of the War Raiders, the Thor's hammer, when they pop up a dude in the air and Hansen catches him in a power slam. Which, by the way, uh, they're doing that move on the main roster, Jacqueline. That okay? Do you know what they've? You, you never guess what they're calling it. The Viking hammer. Oh no no no! They they're <laughs> they're calling that move the Viking experience. Oh my god! So they can't even get rid of it all the way. Vince must just love that name so much. They're like, well, we'll just name one of your moves that. So Michael Cole can show wa- Viking experience. The poor wa- War Raiders. Like, they clearly don't get any say in anything. <laughs> no, no. Uh, the media is talking to Mia Yim. But, oh, actually, you know Before we oh. do that, your thoughts on the match. Yeah. So it was a very good match. Mm-hmm. I love this match. No surprise, I love the Street Profits. Yes. I'm... I'm convinced that Montez Ford has maybe 2% fat on his body. Oh, yeah. But besides that, if that. <laughs> I'm real confused about the ending of this match. Mm-hmm. Um, and because with the, I'm going to call them the War Raiders, um, yes. I thought they would have lost this match, making the Street Profits the number one contenders, mm-hmm. and thereby having a title match, like not too long out to pass the title. Yeah. And that's not what happened. So this, I'm still really confused. <laughs> this tells me that when this was taped, Triple H had no idea that these guys were going to get called up. No, because he had plans for them, obviously. Yeah. So now they're going to have to scramble and work something. It never works out well. Mm-hmm. I would imagine... Just don't make it the Forgotten Sons who win. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh my God. Uh, I would imagine that they... I think they have a set of tapings... Uh, this week, yeah, mm. I would imagine they they maybe lose them there because uh, I don't who? I don't think there's another takeover happening for a little bit. So yeah, but no, but to who now? Like that's my question. Because how are we setting up a rivalry? I mean, Street Profits just lost, so it. I don't think it would be them. Uh, gosh, if it's, ugh, if it's Forgotten Sons. Well, yeah, ooh. like that's my thing. I'm like, who else? Would be? I don't think it's gonna be. Fabian and Eichner. No, I would be okay if it was Eichner and Bartel, to be honest with you, but... That's what I meant. Fabian Eichner is one person. Yes. Um, <laughs> that wouldn't be so bad, actually. But but they haven't been... I don't know. They haven't been shown very much recently. No, they've been well, on... Well, going to be? They've been on NXT regular a few times, but they're mostly NXT UK, so... Yeah, I don't know. So it's really anyone's game at this point? Anyone's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah. the media is backstage talking to Mia Yim uh, about NXT Women's Champion Shayna Baszler. Uh, she did talk <laughs> about Shayna, but she also talked about Bianca Belair uh, and saying that Bianca calls herself undefeated, but she says, you know, from an outside perspective, uh, she doesn't seem undefeated to me. She she lost twice to Shayna. Someone uh, finally speaking the truth. 
Uh, and Mia says that, look, she lost to Shayna too, but she said she learned a lot about herself in that match, but also learned a lot about Shayna. And she thinks that she has devised a, a new strategy and thinks she deserves another shot at Shayna Baszler. So uh, we shall see. That should be a good match. Mm-hmm. Uh, main event time is Johnny Gargano and Roderick Strong in a non-title match. This match was also really good. It uh, was. They Many did. Things. They did a lot of things, and they did them very quickly. Uh, yes. These guys had counters upon counters. This the beginning of it reminded me of like a high school wrestling match, like real wrestling, like mm-hmm. where they were like on the floor, like scrambling and stuff. And I was yes. like, oh, yes. So it's like the Olympics almost. <laughs> it is the only allusion to the Olympics that they would have here, but yeah. Uh, so. Uh, they went back and forth, a lot of exchanges, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, fighting spirit where dude gets knocked down, but then gets right back up again. Uh, they clobbered each other, uh, back and forth. Uh, things got interesting, uh, when Johnny Gargano cross, uh, transitioned between a Roderick Strong Boston Crab into, uh, or trying to put on the Gargano escape, which is when Adam Cole ran down for distraction, uh, Gargano broke the hold and argued with him when Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly entered the, se- entered the scene, followed by Matt Riddle to make the save. Uh, yep. Brawling... Taking out the Undisputed Era. That's right. Brawling ensued uh, with Riddle dispatching Fish and O'Reilly, but Cole nailed Matt Riddle uh, and turned around to throw a, a kick at who he thought was Gargano, but instead kicked Roderick Strong by accident. Was it, though? Oh, but was it? Gargano flew through the ropes to wipe out Adam Cole, and then he got in, uh, hit a slingshot DDT on Roderick Strong, and pinned him. Uh, And afterwards, Roderick wanted seemingly nothing to do with the Undisputed Era. He was very upset. I was really hoping, honestly, you know what I wanted to happen at the end? Mm. All four of them were, like, standing in the ring. I was like... This is where Bobby Fish goes rogue. Like, <laughs> goes after his just, knee. He's just going to take everyone down. Like, I really was like, and then, oh, I was ho- waiting for that. But it was very anticlimactic. They all just kind of walked off sad. Yeah, they were just they were just sad about how they'd failed again. They're broken a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. It'll be interesting to see if they can, they can heal things back together here. The match was very good. I still it. think my prediction is correct where... Um, Roderick Strong is going to become the new leader of Undisputed Era, and um, Adam Cole is going to transition into a face. Oh, okay. I was, I thought you were going to say to the main roster, and I'm like, oh, God, no, I no, no. Please, I no. think they're going to make him a good guy because they need another one. They are kind of low on top good guys. I mean, they they have, I mean, they have Johnny Gargano. They have Matt Riddle. Uh, mm-hmm. They're going to lose Gargano soon, though. Like, he's not going to be around forever. And they have Velveteen Dream, kind of? Velveteen Dream kind of plays that middle character, which I don't want him to change because I love his character. And I'm like, yes, just be you. Like, just be be the dream. Just be Um, the best you. But that's what I honestly think is going to happen. I think they're going, Johnny, um, I think Adam Cole is going to leave and become a good guy. Ah, But Roderick Strong is going to take over the the bad boy club. Uh, 
Okay, so uh, before we wrap things up uh, here today, let's thank the good people over at ThinkGeek for sponsoring the show, cinemageekly.com slash ThinkGeek, uh, or you can click the Support Us link in the show notes for this episode, uh, or the link at the top of cinemageekly.com. Uh, I think we noted last week they don't really have any wrestling stuff over on ThinkGeek, but pretty much everything else, everything else uh, your geeky heart could possibly desire. Uh, every, everything from apparel to collectibles to weird knickknacks that you can only find on ThinkGeek. I think they're the, I think they're the home of the USS Enterprise pizza cutter. Uh, it's the only place I've ever seen that. I think, or I think it was a ThinkGeek exclusive before it ended up anywhere else. Uh, all sorts of stuff. I love ThinkGeek. Uh, and you will too, if you're anything like me or Jacqueline or anybody else who does podcasts on this website. Uh, So use that link, go shopping at ThinkGeek. Uh, you win, of course, they win, and we win when you when you go to cinemageekly.com slash ThinkGeek. Uh, okay, uh, Jacqueline, overall, what did you think of this week's pretty good episode of NXT? Um, I enjoyed it. I'm going to go ahead and give it a four. That is an excellent rating, mostly because that is also the score I gave this episode <laughs> of NXT. We are in 100% agreement. That's... Uh, that usually doesn't happen. <laughs> no, we're usually we're usually like quarter points or half points off or something usually. Yeah. But, uh, this one. This is a really this good one episode. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good matches. Uh, Matt Riddle posing. What more oh, could you ask for? Uh, Not I'll, much. I mean, sometimes when I close my eyes, I can still see him there in those poses. Like it's really seared into my brain. He's so poses. doofy. He is so doofy, but it's. It's you know what it is. It's just it comes off as one hundred percent authentic. It doesn't feel fake when yeah. he's doing it. No, he's like charmingly goofy. He's look the, the weirdest guy because he's like a legit badass, but he's mm-hmm. got like the most laid back demeanor. It's he's so down to earth. It's really crazy. Like I've they've been, there have been a lot of badass legitimate fighters in wrestling, and none of them do anything like this for their character. Basically, their characters are Ronda Rousey is Ronda Rousey, or they had Ken Shamrock years ago, and he was uh, a crazy lunatic. Uh, like, any like any legit fighter. Shayna Baszler is, like, a yep. complete badass. Uh, but Matt Riddle, like, we know he's a badass, but he's just like, you know, hey, everybody. He's there. I'm here for my photo shoot. Uh, he's the one that, like, if I saw him out in real life, I feel like I'd be like, what's up? And he would respond in, like nicely. Yeah, like <laughs> I mean, he might even just come up to you and he's like, you want a picture? Do you want like an autograph? Yeah. Like, you know, you yeah. want to hang out I for a little bit? I see you staring at me, yeah. yeah. You want to hang <laughs> you out? You want ice cream? Like, I don't <laughs> Yeah! I feel like maybe he would. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe that's a little presumptuous, but I kind of feel like, I mean, I don't know. Everybody I've ever seen or talked to that have met him in person, they're like, he is just as personable as you would imagine he is like he's that's not amazing they're like he's not putting on a show like this is that's just him he's uh, genuine i yeah. love it and it's it's hard it's hard to dislike genuine and most people can kind of tell it uh yes. you can sort of tell when somebody's just being themselves or when they're playing somebody else uh, there was a whole piece of conversation i wanted to talk about but it's sort of a side tangent so i think maybe i'll hold it off for another day uh, it's kind of not... It is related to wrestling, but it's not really related to NXT. Uh, okay. But, you know, we, we've gone about a half hour here, so 
uh, I don't want to push it any further, so I think it might be best to save it for another day. So how about we say uh, head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of this show. And you can, of course, find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Just search for What Comes NXT and hit subscribe. And that way you can hear us come back next time and talk about NXT episode 504 on the WWE Network. Featuring, as best as I can tell, Cassius Ono versus the debuting Kushida. Kushida.